Hi, thank you for tuning into the Shorts Text. I'm Lisa Quintero, Young Adult Librarian. And I'm Lizzie Jelly, Virtual Engagement Librarian. This is a show where we talk to you about what we've been reading, listening to, or watching, but today we have a very special guest. Yes, we are here today with Interim Superintendent of Shorewood School District, Dr. Joanne Sternkey. Hi, it's so nice to be with you as a reader and as an English teacher in a former life before I became an administrator. I can't tell you how much I value work that you do and the connection between our libraries and our schools here. So I am so eager to talk with you today. Awesome. All right. So yeah, we uh, we had a few questions about the facilities plan. A few years ago, there was a referendum passed um, in order to update some of the buildings. And so we were wondering, you know, kind of where that's at and what, what things are being updated at the buildings. Wow, what a great question. Mm-hmm. And with great thanks to our Shorewood community for giving us the resources to update our schools, we are in the process of making great improvements to many of our schools in their infrastructure, Mm -hmm. as well as in their accessibility, and in many other ways as well. So in a nutshell, right now, we are finished with Lake Bluff. Um, So the classrooms are, we're 100% done at Lake Bluff. 100% of the work is completed there. Mm -hmm. Those people that are driving by can see beautiful new playgrounds. And if you go into the schools when we can, Mm -hmm. after COVID, you'll see something that just makes my heart sing. You'll see beautifully updated new learning spaces, but also such an eye for historic preservation. Mm -hmm. The mosaics, the stained glass, the fireplace in the library. Mm -hmm. It's not as if we threw out everything that was old and said, we could do this better. But there's just a beautiful sense of history. Mm -hmm. In some ways, I joke that the schools look so much the same in many ways (laughs) that I worry people will think, where is my money going? But in reality, it's a beautiful tribute to the historic nature of our schools. Um, and you see it also at the high school, which is about 80% complete. Okay. Yeah, so there's like a new we have a new in the back here, here yeah. Yeah. Um, which I jokingly said, someone said to me, and I have to say, this is a little bit irreverent, but I think it's so funny. Um, many of you might know the term mullet, as in <laughs> the hair in the back of one's, one's hairdo. And someone said that this is the mullet of the Soviet school district. <laughs> It's business in the front. It looks exactly the same when you look at the school uh-huh. from Capitol Drive, but it's party and new in the back. <laughs> and I love that analogy yeah, because yeah. it is. It's beautifully high tech. It's refreshed. Uh-huh. It's giving the high school as well as the district administration offices. But the second floor is an absolutely beautiful instructional media center that we okay. can't wait to open by the end of November for our oh. students. And so it really is just a gorgeous new space here attached on the back uh-huh. of, of the high school. Uh-huh. But there's also a lot of work. We just opened the refreshed and updated pool. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest thing that I notice here is just a real sense of making sure that we have accessible bathrooms, mm-hmm. that we have just a, a really updated grounding in our foundations, um, lots of work being done with many, many areas related to infrastructure and foundations. Yeah, that makes sense because these buildings are pretty old, but they're beautiful. And yeah, you want to preserve them and it oh. takes, yeah, you got to invest into into preserving the foundation and all the, the right. infrastructure, like you said. So that's great. My dad was a, a 
college administrator who worked in buildings and grounds and always said, you have to maintain the building envelope, Joanne, (laughs) and you got to take care of your facilities. These are a community treasure, and we need to make sure that people's investment in our facilities is returned with great care for the facilities. Mm -hmm. Um, We love our open campus and want to make sure that the facilities are serving our kids, not only now, but into the future. Mm -hmm. Atwater, very similar to Lake Bluff, almost done. And this uh, December, end of December, we'll be beginning the work at the Sherwood Intermediate School. And that will take roughly a year for us to finish. And like I say, and then we will be complete. I'm very much hoping that this spring we can have an open house and and let people in if COVID allows us Mm -hmm. and we're at that point. I hope, I hope, (laughs) I hope to welcome people into our schools and give a little tour of of the Copper Dome and of the accessible bathrooms, the the pool, just so many things, Mm -hmm. and then at the elementaries as well. Mm -hmm. We won't be able to do much at SIS this Mm -hmm. spring because the work will just be Mm -hmm. starting there. Mm -hmm. And what work are they doing there? Oh, that's a lot of classroom renovation. For those of you in Shorewood that know our schools, that school is much newer, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't need the same level Mm -hmm. of upgrade that these other schools have needed. So while it's big work, Um, Three classrooms at a time, refreshing, really making sure that we're taking care of all of those internal controls that make the school click in the the way. But I am very, very proud of the work that's been taking place, Um, really seeing great progress, and I'm so excited to, when we can, show off the, the schools. But for those of you who can't get in yet, take a look at how the Copper Dome just gleams when you're driving by. It is gorgeous. Yeah, I noticed it this morning because the sun was shining and it was like just glinting off of it. And I was like, whoa, like it's I didn't notice amazing. that recently. So shiny. It's so beautiful yeah. and new. So that's exciting as we see it because I just think that's a hallmark uh-huh. of the, you know, of this, you know, like, like I say, it's what we call our yearbook. It's yeah. what we, it's what has the historical significance here. And we want to make sure that we are preserving it, and it is gorgeous. So I'm excited about that, but excited about all the progress on facilities. But I would be remiss if, once again, I didn't say, um, even though I'm only, you know, I came in August of this year and certainly didn't work on the planning of Mm -hmm. these projects, but I've been very, very pleased with the, uh, you know, like I say, with the execution of the projects and the work being done and how they are now being turned over and really creating great learning spaces for our kids and our Mm -hmm. teachers to work in. Um, So thanks to our terrific Shorewood community for their support of this referenda. Um, It is money well spent and a community treasure. Yeah, for sure. All right, so we wanted to switch gears a little bit and ask you a little bit about the equity work that's happening at the schools. So I know a few years ago the, the schools hired Sam Coleman as the equity on an inclusion director, and then, you know, um, he's transferred over to a different position, and that position, um, could you remind me who is the current? He's director of curriculum and instruction yeah. now, and Sherry, Sherry Tucker, Tucker is, the new one, is right? our mm-hmm. director of equity and doing a fantastic job. Yeah, and so a few years, or like, was it last year? Yeah, uh, last year, our library director and I participated in the Integrated Comprehensive Systems Academy, and so we got to see a little bit of what the schools are trying to do and, you know, participate with other community members, and so we're wondering how that program is going because it sounded like it was a multi-year program and you know kind of where the schools are at with that. Well thanks for this opportunity and I think it's worth my telling a little bit of a story. When I decided to apply for the interim superintendent here, the position, I was really struck by the mission statement. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of which is um, equity, 
growth, and excellence for all. And I say unabashedly, when I taught here, mm-hmm. and I was a teacher here many, many years ago, I really learned about how to attain excellence. These are excellent schools, mm-hmm. and we worked so well as a team of teachers and administrators to really give kids a high-quality education. And in my work in other school districts, not even as a teacher, but as an administrator, I've told the story about how I learned about excellence from Barbara Gensler in the drama department, Mm -hmm. by my colleagues in the English department and on staff, and in some wonderful administrators that I had the joy of working for and with. I learned about excellence here. Mm-hmm. But since I left and became an administrator in Cedarburg and in Pewaukee, I really didn't learn much about how to make equity a priority mm-hmm. in a systemic way in our schools. Mm-hmm. And I say that I came here in great part because of my belief in the excellence of our schools, but in the systemic work that's being done around equity. I see way too many organizations that do a workshop every now and then or have a flowery mission statement mm-hmm. around it and really don't dig in and do the hard work that needs to be done. And I'm very proud of the work that's occurring here in Shorewood. And what we call ICS, Mm -hmm. Integrated Comprehensive Systems for Equity, really, I think, gets at the heart of why I think this work is so powerful. And I just think this is a great week to talk about this because tonight I'll be with the high school and their equity work Mm -hmm. um, that they're doing. Thursday night, I'll be with our Board of Education And I believe it's either this week or next week, our cabinet, our administrative team will be working. Every school is working on this, as well as the systems that we undergird and support from the district office, our board, our administrative team, are really first looking inward, really getting a better look at our own biases, Mm -hmm. but then really working hard to create systems that we hope will give um, every student a better opportunity to excel. You know, it's very enlightening to me as I look at our results here in Shorewood. We have student results that are incredible, incredible. Mm -hmm. When I look at our ACT scores, I would have wished to have ACT scores like we have here. And yet I say this with great wonder and humility. The scores of our our black and brown students are at times 10 points lower in our ACT scores. Mm -hmm. And you have to say, that's not acceptable. Mm. We have to do something different systematically Mm -hmm. to really get at this, at how we serve our students. Mm. And so we are looking at that intently this year. I would say the biggest thing we are focusing on this year are what we call planning for our C3 teams. C3, co-plan to co-serve to co-learn, which is really about getting a team approach and infusing our resources and our wonderful teachers in classrooms to really push in all of the services that we need to help all students succeed. It's not about taking away from some and giving to others. It's about really creating a system, a foundation for a better system that really in some ways all across our country, not just here, hasn't been serving some of our students well. Mm -hmm. Some of our students of color, some of our students with special needs, Mm -hmm. um, sometimes our students with different genders, Mm -hmm. and really taking a hard look at all of the disproportionality we see and thinking about what do we have to do as a system Mm -hmm. to create better learning opportunities for students. So a great part of our work this year is focused on Dreaming, and I just wrote a nice newsletter to our staff today, (laughs) about dreaming big and working hard 
all around what are those C3 teams going to look like and what support do we need to offer our people in professional development, in collaboration time, to really make sure that those opportunities and that planning that needs to be taken place mm -hmm. really can serve our students better. And what I love here, among many things, is that there's a great commitment and passion around wanting to do this mm -hmm. right and not just giving it lip service. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to lie, it's hard work. And many people say, and it's true, in order to transform, you have to dismantle to remantle. And we are committed to really taking a look at what's working and what's not working and how do we build that better system that serves all students. Um, and I really just always like to say, and that's our goal, the word is all. It's in our mission statement, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Equity, growth, and excellence for all. I sometimes think this work gets a bad reputation around, well, we have to take away from some in order to give to others. Mm -hmm. That's not what this is about. Mm -hmm. It's about raising the tide for all ships. Mm -hmm. We can do better if we really just think about what are those practices that serve all students better, and then really thinking about access, thinking about instruction, thinking about what we need to do from a systemic lens to really help all students learn. So, boy, that was a long-winded <laughs> answer. I'm sorry, listeners. That was way up, way a lot. But we're really thinking about what do we have to do from a systems lens in order to create better learning for all. I'd say that's what we're really focusing hard yeah. on right now. Absolutely. That's great to hear about all the groundwork that is being laid for this program because I know it's, it's relatively new in the grand scheme of things, and this is so much going into it. That's really incredible to hear. One thing that I know I'm wondering is how the community can support this work here at Shorewood Schools. What can we do to help support equity work? Well, I'm really pleased that in in our in our community, we're focusing in the village on affordable housing, that we are doing more in terms of getting the word out about the equity work that we're doing. And I really want people to understand and ask questions. And come in the winter, we're going to be doing an update. And uh, I think I'm aiming for December or January, just really doing an update on where we've been and where we're going and what our hopes and dreams are and what are the steps that we're making to really move forward in this. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things we recognized is, and it's not surprising to anyone, that those opportunities have to be there when students are young. Mm -hmm. You know, we all know, here I am talking to you, that readers, you know, are really important. And our reading scores, even early on, show some disparity. Mm -hmm. And so we really have doubled down in this year, are focusing on a, an early literacy instruction from K-4 to fourth grade, piloting phonics, piloting just really good systematic learning instruction that really focuses on what all students need. That doesn't mean we're doing it all different, mm -hmm. but we're really trying to really look at what can we do to help all students read. And we're going to do some updates on that so people know what are we seeing in terms of those results on the progress monitoring that we do. I think we've got a lot of good data. I always like to say we're not just doing stuff. We're trying to really look at what is the data showing us. Mm. Um, I'm hoping that we see um, better survey results regarding this work and that people understand that this is a commitment around helping all students grow and learn. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so are the C3 teams already in place or is that something that's coming in the future? It'll be coming in next year. Next year, okay. And we're doing all the planning and really all the work that needs to be done to have them flourish next year. Mm -hmm. And some schools are doing a little bit of dabbling this year. Mm -hmm. Some schools are just in the planning stages. 
but next year that begins in earnest. Mm -hmm. And I love the, you know, I love the idea of what that means because I think that's why we all go into teaching is Mm -hmm. that we love the collaboration Mm -hmm. of working together to help more students be successful. And that idea of co-planning, co-serving, co-learning is just so powerful as I think about why we became teachers, Mm -hmm. why we went into the field of education. It's that sense of if we all work together and then we build a system. And I always think that's our job in district office. Mm. We have to approach this work about what systems and alignment need to be there. Our teachers work incredibly hard each and every day. They deserve support from district office in order to make those things um, easier for them. Mm -hmm. And um, sadly, sometimes I think we don't make things easier. (laughs) And I'm hoping that we really focus in on what do those C3 teams need to flourish Uh and then are able to move forward with them next year. Yeah. 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 But collaborating sounds, you know, it sounds great because it's, um, I know I have a background in education and yeah, you just, sometimes you just need somebody else to share their ideas with you because you get stuck in something, you know, or, or you need somebody else's perspective because you know, you might be a learner who's like a visual learner, somebody else might be a hands-on learner, and you know, there's different learning styles, and so then you get different perspectives, different ideas, and then you might be able to put everything together and tell a lesson plan or whatever to, to you know, reach more kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, Lisa, I loved what you just said. I do think it's all about broadening our perspectives mm-hmm. to really broaden our, our, our instruction. Mm-hmm. I mean, that to me is the best part of what we get, is that I only know what I know, mm-hmm. but when I work with a group, wow, it really gives me a deeper perspective and, and really, in many ways, um, the deeper ability to draw upon other people's talents and skills to, mm. to really be a team in how we serve students. Yeah. Not siloed, but working together. And that, to me, is the biggest um, promise that this holds, is yeah. that sense of you know, really not just being, I'm in classroom 216, but what does it look like when yeah. we really think about taking some of those walls down? Not literally, <laughs> um, but really, you know, what does that mean when we really work together? Yeah. And students aren't sent to place A, place B, place C to get their services, but how can we really keep them in the, the, the main part of learning to the best degree that we can yeah. um, so that they can learn and grow? And yeah. it all starts with really giving our staff the opportunity to collaborate first and foremost so that then our students can. Awesome idea. <laughs> yeah, well, one thing that I, like, I really thought it was really cool when I came to Shorewood a few years ago um, was learning about that you guys were doing authentic learning here, um, you know, and how the teachers are combining all these different subject matters into, you know, lesson plans. So, like, you know, you're doing a book about some science things. I remember helping one of the sixth grade teachers. Um, they were doing research on the wolves in Wisconsin, and they, they went to the Urban Ecology Center, and so they, like, brought in science, they brought in history, they brought in, you know, all these English and all these different you know, subjects, and it, I think it helps students to learn better when you put everything together and synthesize it, because then you realize, like, oh, this is all interconnected. It's not, like, separate things that, you know, don't have anything to do with one another. Um, yeah, so we're, I was wondering, like, how are things going with the experiential and authentic learning? Because I think the first cohort has graduated, right? That is the case. Yeah. You know, I just always think about we in education sometimes use buzzwords, and, and for the last, I would say, eight years or so, could be longer, the buzzword was all about rigorous and relevant. Mm-hmm. We need education to be rigorous, which no doubt it is here, mm-hmm. and relevant, which is to me what authentic learning mm-hmm. and experiential learning does, which is make it real for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make it real. Yeah. I mean, don't make me wonder why I'm learning this. Apply it when mm-hmm. I'm a, a student so that I can see the why behind it mm-hmm. and really get behind it and relish it. You know, and I've seen so many wonderful examples, and I have to say that one of my 
my favorite things about being here is I just marvel at what voice students have. Mm -hmm. You know, they have tremendous voice in how they write and how they advocate. Mm -hmm. And I really think, and many at the middle and high school, but also at the elementary too. And I think it has a lot to do with the commitment to experiential learning, authentic learning, that sense of make it real. You know, when I came, I learned all about Juneteenth Day mm -hmm. last year and the work that was done um, and Lena Taylor sponsoring some of our students mm -hmm. to go and actually advocate for Juneteenth being a holiday in Madison. Talk about just a relevant experience. But it doesn't have to be something like that that is, that is of that magnitude. This um, last month at our Board of Education meeting, there was an author visit that um, they talked about. And our students talked about how the author, Nick Stone, a wonderful oh, yeah, she's great. author, yeah. uh -huh. um, did a phone interview with our students and the students at Hopkins School in MPS. Okay. And she did a phone interview as they were reading the book. The students each picked an area of baseball or softball to investigate. And then, if I remember correctly, at the end of the week, they played softball with the high school softball team. Oh, cool. These were elementary students. Uh -huh. that, I mean, if you think about the trifecta of uh -huh. great authentic learning, yeah. they got to talk to an author, which, by the way, I have to tell a funny story about that when I finish. <laughs> they got to talk to an author. They got to then really focus in on their own reading and writing. And then they got to do a report on some aspect of baseball or softball, and then actually culminate in something more communal where they got mm -hmm. to know other students and they learned with others. That, to me, is at the heart of what we want authentic learning mm -hmm. to be, right? Yeah. That it really isn't just something you read and then digest, but you actually celebrate all of the nuances of it. Mm. So I'm really excited about where we're going. I was in Lake Bluff uh, earlier well, last week, and they were talking about what they're going to be doing mm -hmm. this year. And we're thinking hard right now about what does this look like at the middle and high school level. Mm -hmm. When students, I think, are able to integrate this more, mm -hmm. into, and I see it more integrated than a passages event, yeah. per se. Mm -hmm. And so we're really thinking about what does that look like so that we are, are thinking about how that can be a, a, an experience that you know, students have at elementary, middle, and high school, but it's different at each level. Mm -hmm. And I hope more integrated and internalized that it's just something we do at mm -hmm. high school. Yeah. It's how we learn here. And I'm really excited about that. So the commitment continues. We've got our schools at the elementary level working with EL greatly. And then, like I say, lots of foundational work about what does that look like middle and high school and mm -hmm. And um, really coming out of the pandemic, thinking about how do we really vitalize that work right now. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it's exciting for me. And like I say, um, I've worked in some great school districts, but I will tell you, kids have a lot of voice here. And I think there is a lot to be said mm -hmm. around the authentic learning experiences that they have early on and throughout the school that really allows for that. You know, I look at our student newspaper, Ripples. Mm -hmm. I put it on par with anything around from a school newspaper at any level. It is a wonderful piece of journalism. Yeah. Great voice, right? Mm -hmm. Those students really weighing in. Um, I love that. And I really like to see what is it that we can help teachers do more powerfully to really make sure that all students have that experience. Because to me, that sense of really being able to advocate for your own learning and mm -hmm. make it authentic and real 
is what we, that's what a lifelong learner is. Yeah. I mean, that's why I'm still a reader. That's why, I mean, it's because of those experiences. And now I'll tell that funny story. Okay. <laughs> when um, Nick Stone uh, was speaking with our, our class, I thought about a time when I taught here and I was teaching. I know why the caged birds sing. I was a young, I was a young teacher. <laughs> and I thought, Let's call my Angelou. Let's see if she'll pick up the phone. And she did. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And, um, I mean, but it was crazy. I mean, and I think to myself, I wonder if my students, you know, now look back and say, oh, my gosh, we were on a phone conversation with Maya Angelou. Yeah. Um, but it was just one of those things where it was like, let's try to make this real. Yeah. So maybe those roots of EL are older here than even I know, because that was just that opportunity to think about how to make that text, um, pardon the pun, sing. Yeah. Um, for those students that it was a new piece of literature for them. Fun time. I mean, I remember it. we were in the we were in the superintendent's office room there um, <laughs> looking at that. That's great. It's incredible. Yeah, it was at the time. I didn't but at the time I didn't even think about it being incredible. It was just, hey, let's just do this. Yeah, just try it. See let's what happens. It. If it if it works, it works. Um, I love that. <laughs> All right, well thank you very much for sharing everything with us, Dr. Sternke. Um it I feel very informed now about what's going on at the schools. Uh, how about you, Lizzie? Absolutely. It was so great to hear about all the great work that's going on here and in such incredible detail, too. I hope that our listeners really get a chance to invest in the Shorewood schools. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, like you said, we'll be able to do a, a open house at some point so people can check out the buildings. We can't wait to yeah. welcome people in and see the work that's occurring in our classrooms, but also the commitment to the updated facilities. I've really enjoyed this opportunity. Lisa, Lizzie, thank you for your great questions. Mm -hmm. And um, thanks to our Shorewood community for their support. Um, I always say this is a community that really cherishes its children and youth. I see it in the library. I see it here. I see it in our very community. And it just makes me really proud to be here. Mm -hmm. Thank for you. Sure. And now for some library news. We have lots of great events coming up for you this December, including weekly art carts to go, the Holiday Book Talk with Daniel Golden from Boswell Books will be happening on Saturday, December 4th. We also have a Family Fun Night to Go kit available on Tuesday the 14th, along with a Teen Advisory Board meeting that same day. Our AM Book Club is meeting on Thursday the 16th, and our Teen Take and Make Thursdays continue this month on the 23rd, um, and this month we are making self-care kits. Don't forget that the library will be closed on the 24th, the 25th, and the 26th, as well as the 31st for the holidays. If you have any questions or comments for your host, email us at shorewoodstacks at gmail.com. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. As always, thank you for listening and be well. Stacks is produced and recorded by Lisa Quintero and Lizzie Jelly for the Shorewood Public Library. Music for the show is by Kevin McLeod. The song is called Ice Float and can be found at incompetech.com.